here's my opportunity to be able to share with you as a school. And so I, I take that privilege and um, want to make the most of it as we look at God's Word together. Um, thinking of all the goofy things that I've done, um, I, ca- I can remember one time walking into to Greek class, wondering where in the world, as I sat down, had my, brought my books out, wondering where in the world my pencil was. And I spent probably five minutes before class started looking in my bag in the pockets and on the floor, wondering where in the world I had put my pencil so I could get ready to start class as Mr. Halstead came in and we looked through Machen, for all of you that are in Greek, hey. Um, and I looked and I spent all this time looking for my pencil, only to, to sit down and later find out that it's, it's sticking, you know, right here behind your ear. I don't know if any of you guys have ever done that, but it's a, you feel stupid. I mean, you're looking all over the place for this pencil or whatever it is and it's, and it's right here. This morning, something I want to share with you is so familiar. It's so close to us, yet we we overlook it. We forget how important it is. We forget where it is. It's that pencil that's we've propped on our ear, yet we look all over the place for it. We don't. It's so familiar, yet so neglected. A subject you can never hear too much. That you can never go. Oh, I've I've taken care of that. I've mastered that. Something I always want to be challenged with, and this morning I just want to share my heart with you on that, the struggles that I have with this issue. When you build a house, what's the first thing you build? It's a foundation. I remember one of uh, friends at home, they were building a new house, and he took me, and I saw kind of the progress as it was being built. And it must have taken, ah, it seemed like forever, they were building this foundation, digging these deep holes, pouring concrete in, building this foundation. Once the foundation was there, the house went up like that. The framing, the, I don't know, all of you that are in construction, order, the framing, the electrical, the plumbing, the drywalling, the roof, and then even the, you know, the painting and putting up the cute little country decorations inside and, and all that stuff. That goes up quick. The thing that, that takes the time and it is the most important in building a house is the foundation. Well, this morning, what we're going to look at is our foundation. Because I think we've gotten so busy putting up the cute decorations on the walls and making sure that every little corner is painted really pretty that our foundation is cracking. We've got the house looking nice, but the foundation on which the house sits is beginning to crack. This morning, we're going to talk about our cracking foundations of love. Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 through 40, says this. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied this, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we look into your word this morning, 
pray that you would have it communicated clearly. That our hearts and our minds and our souls would be open to those things you want to convict us over and challenge us with. I pray that as we look into your word, we would leave this building on a Friday changed. That your word would have pierced to the deepest parts of our soul. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Setting up the scene of this passage, um, the Sadducees had just, you know, sent up their best representative to question Jesus, to try to make him say something or fall into something that they could, they could catch Jesus on, that they could use against him. He'd silenced the Sadducees. They'd sent up their best representative, and Jesus had answered their question. They had nothing on him. So the Pharisees, you've got to picture them, they're kind of on the other side. And they kind of huddle up, pick up their best re- representative, and come up with a, you know, a deep question they think they're going to stump Jesus on. So they send up this Pharisee, and he says, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus says, as we read, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Something we hear so often, yet it's so hard to really put into practice. You know, in verse 40, he says, All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Your Christian life, my Christian life, it hangs on these very words of Jesus in silencing the, fad, in the, in silencing the Pharisees. It hangs on these very words that he says. He says to love the Lord your God. He doesn't say, serve the Lord, the Lord your God. He doesn't say, sing to the Lord your God. All those things are great things, but the bottom line of what he's saying is you've got to love the Lord. Your service, your worship, that all flows out of a heart that is committed to a, a genuine love for God. You cannot minister in a church, in people's lives, in a pure way, effectively, unless you really deeply love God. You know, you might be somewhere and thinking, well, I love God because I work here in the junior high group. Or I work here um, taking care of Awana. Or, uh, you know, I, I go to the master's college, so that must mean that I love God. But that's not the kind of love that, that God calls us to. That's, that's not love. That's putting in our time thinking that we love God. And this morning, I just want you to, to look at your own life as I've looked at mine. And see how we really fall short of truly loving God? What is it that you're really in love with? Are you in love with God? Are you, are you in love with that, that feeling that you get when you minister? Are you in love with that feeling, you know, from going to a school like Masters? That sense of accomplishment that you can, you know, check off these things that you do as a Christian. Is that what you're in love with? Are you in love with a God who calls us to holiness. A God who calls us to take up everything we have and follow Him. You know, our churches are full of people. And I would even go as far as to say, is this school is full of people who honor God with their lips, but our hearts are far from Him. 
The words of God, they're here. But our hearts are far from Him. That was the Pharisees. That's what Jesus said of the Pharisees. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They didn't really love God. They didn't really love Him. They put in their time. Jesus said, that's not love. They're honoring me with their lips, but their hearts, they don't, their hearts don't know what it means to really love me. Stagnant, superficial people sit in our pews while pastors address service, ministry, schedules rather than motives and desires. This morning, I want you to look at your motives. What's your desire? What's your deepest desire as you think about graduating? What's your deepest desire? Is it to love God? When you're asked the question, when I sit here and I ask you, you know, do you love God? When you're questioned about your love for God, does your mind race to things you've done? As you're asked the question and you think of all these things to, to answer it to yourself, does it race to things that you've done or does it race to who you are? Do you ponder just the holiness of God, the love of God, the sacrifice and grace of God? When you think of your love for God, or do you think of things that you can just check off in your Christian service? The Pharisees just wanted to check off a little list. So what's real love for God? I'd like you to turn with me to Mark 14. We read a story that I believe really capsulizes what it is to really love God what it is to really love God. Chapter 14 of Mark, starting in verse 1, it says, Now the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread were only two days away. And the chief priests and the teachers of the law were looking for some sly way to arrest Jesus and kill Him. Again, they're just trying to trap Him. But not during the feast, they said, or the people may riot. Verse 3, While He was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of a man known as Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, Why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. Leave her alone, Jesus said. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, and you can help them anytime you want, but you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. I tell you the truth, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. That's love. Love that sacrifices... Love that's a consuming desire. Do you cry out, what a waste? What a waste. Sell that perfume. Give the money to ministry. Give the money to the poor. Is that what you cry out? Are you ready just to break that year's wages of perfume and spill it at Jesus' feet? Do you break your perfume bottle? What you hold precious to you? What costs you everything? Do you pour that out in, in the privacy of, 
of devotions, of prayer alone with God, of meditation on His Word? Are you really willing to love God in a radical way? In a way that costs you something? He calls us to love God with all our heart, cardia, every, our, our inmost being, with all our soul, psuche, our will, our desires, and dianoia, which is our mind, our understanding, our intentions. Do you love God with a, with a heart, soul, mind kind of love that consumes you? David, you'll recall the story in 2 Samuel chapter 24, where he goes to the, to, I don't know if I'm going to hit this word, this name right or not, but Aranah, Aranah. And you know it. You know the story. David goes to this, this guy's threshing floor and he wants to offer um, a sacrifice to God. And Aranah says, David, my king, take it. Have whatever you want. And David says, no. I will not sacrifice to God that which costs me nothing. I will not sacrifice to God that which costs me nothing. Does your love for God cost you anything? Are you, or are you just content loving God with what's convenient and what's easy? You know, I was talking to a friend, one of my good friends, who was just telling me how he did something that was really hard. He walked into a friend's room. Well, it wasn't even a friend of his yet. He walked into a guy's room on his wing, just sat down and said, you know, I want to get to know you. I live on your wing and down the hall from you, and I just, you know, like to know you. Seems kind of silly to live on the same wing all this year and not really know who you are. That's hard. That's uncomfortable. If you've ever done that, it's a difficult thing. It's, it puts yourself in an awkward situation. But that's love. That's love that says, I'm not willing to just give that which is convenient and comfortable, but that which sacrifices. And that's, the, that's real love. The heart, soul, mind kind of love. It's, it involves sacrifice. It involves devotion. Listen to this. J. Oswald Sanders asks in his book, Shoe Leather Commitment, Have we ever offered a gift, done an act, emptied our jar of perfume out of pure love for him alone? This he treasures more than our service, for it is the love behind the service that makes the fragrance. It is the love behind the service that makes the fragrance. He treasures that more than our service. Are you willing to break that jar of perfume like this lady did that cost her everything? Or do you cry out, what a waste! Don't do that! You, you could use it for such more noble purposes. This kind of love that I talk about, that the Bible talks about, it's cultivated in private worship. It's not cultivated in doing the right things, in hearing the right things necessarily. It's cultivated in your own heart, in crying out in the privacy of your own room, Lord, give me that kind of passion that consumes. So if it happens in private, how do we know it's there? Well, Jesus answers that question in the second part of, of His answer in Matthew 22. He says this, the first commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. 
And the second is like it. He says, love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor. The two greatest commandments, the two foundations to our house of a Christian life, they're so close to us, yet so far. Our genuine, sacrificial, perfume-pouring love for God is shown by loving each other. It's shown by how we love one another as a school. And I'll tell you this, I fail. Just in my own study and, and preparation, if I learned anything, it's that I don't love God the way He's called me to. And I don't love each one of you the way that He's called me to. You know, I was just thinking how thankful I am for so many of, of my friends that I've made here, that I've lived on the wings with, roommate, people that I've gone and played frisbee golf with, or ultimate frisbee, or whatever it is. And, and I love you guys. I mean, as I look out and, and see some of you out there, why is that so hard for us as guys to say that? Come on, men. Why is that so hard to give another guy a hug? To tell him how much you love him and appreciate him? I don't do it. And, and I need to. Because that's love. It's not something sappy or cheesy. That's really loving people. Telling them how important they are to you. How much they've meant in your life and encouraged you and challenged you. Well, you can't um, talk about loving others without turning to the book of 1 John, where he addresses the issue so clearly. So turn to 1 John with me, if you would. See, John says that true love for God and love for others, they can't be separated. They go hand in hand. You can't say, I love God, but hate your brother. And you can't really love others if you don't genuinely love God. See how they're connected? They can't be separated. He says in chapter 3, verses 14 and 15, We know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life in him. He sets up death, the contrast of death and life, of hate and love. But can I suggest to you that the opposite of love isn't just hate, but indifference? If you're indifferent to a brother, to a sister, you don't love them. you're indifferent then you don't really love I can think of many times in my own life where I've seen people's needs where I've heard the opportunity to meet a need and just kind of been indifferent to it I'm sure you can think of many situations in your own life where that's occurred where you've just been indifferent to the needs of people yeah you don't hate them that's a strong word right you're indifferent it's just as bad because you don't love 
in verse 16, he challenged. This is the call. This is the challenge, you guys. You want to know what real love is? Really loving others? Well, why not, why not looking to the life of Christ? He says in verse 16, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Jesus laid down his life. Are you ready to do the same? Do you look for needs to meet? Do you seek out opportunities to express your love to people? Or is that too uncomfortable? Is that just too inconvenient? Are you ready to give something that costs something? This is the call. If not, how can, love, how can God's love be in us if we refuse to love our brother? That's the mark of true salvation. That's the true mark of a Christian. Those are the two greatest commandments in which everything hangs upon. What does it look like on our campus? I'll tell you one way that I think we don't love. I like to call it the Christian cover-up. And here's kind of how it goes. Hey, Mark, how's your day? Oh, it's great. Yeah. And you walk away going, man, does he live in the same depraved world I do? Because I have, I have a hard day. I struggle. Or you really sit down with someone and say, man, how are you doing? How are you really doing? And I answer, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm not, really, I'm not really struggling with anything today. <laughs> Come on. Is that the same narrow path that God calls each one of us to walk on? It's just a cover-up. We put up the front that looks so nice. You know what that is? Plain and simple? It's called pride. Because I want you to have a better impression of me than is really true. I want you to think that I'm more spiritual or that I've arrived or that I do this better than you. So therefore, I cover up that which I struggle with. Or I give you the impression that everything's okay. And then we have spiritual answers for it. And here they are. Oh, well, I just don't want to bother them with my problems. That's pride. It's saying, I can do it on my own. I don't need their help. Or, I just want to serve others. I just want to help others. Um, I don't need them to, to help me. It's pride. You know, the greatest, one of the most important things of being a servant and being someone who loves others is allowing people to serve you. Allowing people to really love you? Do you love others that way? And do you allow others to love you that way? Or are you content... Whoa. Are you content to put up that Christian cover-up that says, I'm okay? Who are we fooling? Who are we fooling? I mean, everyone struggles. So why hide it? Why not be honest and open with each other? That's love, you guys. That's really loving one another. And we on a Christian campus fall prey to that trap more than anything. Because we think that the Master's College has to have it all together, has to look good, act right, 
And so we neglect really loving one another. What happened to Paul's words where he says, Love is not proud. It is not self-seeking. Love protects. Love trusts. Hopes. And perseveres. That's love. Being open, honest, transparent, that's just one way that we show that we really love others. When someone really wants to know how you're doing, let them in. Don't put up that wall that says, well, they're going to know too much about me and they're going to think less of me. Let them in. Let them love you and love one another. Seek out people that are hurting, that have needs. People that look like they're not hurting and don't have needs. They do. We all do. That's really loving people. How can we come to a school like this and train to, be go, out, to go out and, and to shake our world and not love one another while we're here? Verse 18 of chapter 3 says, Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. You guys, love is truth in action. Love is an action. It's something you choose to do. It's not just a neat feeling. It's not just something you give word lip service to. It is an action. It's truth. Does your love have feet on it? Does your love go out to meet needs? Does your, is your love ready to lay down your life for others? Is it going to cost you something? Love isn't a theory to be debated. It's not something we just talk about in class on an intellectual level and decide what the Greek words mean and how that all fits in. Love's not just a, some theory to be debated. It's a truth to be practiced. It's a truth that we've got to live. Do we really do that? I mean, if we honestly look at our motives, the passion of our heart, do we really love the person sitting next to us, our roommate, our RA, the guy down the, the hall, the way that God called us to love? And those people that are, that are hard to love by your eyes, they're not like you. You know, some of you, you're sitting there and you're going, the minute I walked up here, you kind of tuned me out. Because, I don't know, because I'm on ASB or the leadership of the school. So you tuned me out. Or when you, when you, when you see uh, an athlete walk by, you kind of, it's kind of indifferent because they're not like you, because they're different, because they have different friends and because they do different things in the afternoon. Or maybe when Majesty gets up to sing, kind of shut them out, they're music people. We do that, don't we? Because you're comfortable with the people that are like you. You're comfortable with the people that you can identify with. But those that are a little different, we're so quick to tune them out. You know what, we can learn something from every other person on this campus. There's not a thing that I can't learn from each one of you. That's loving people. Not, not putting up that wall, that cover-up that says, well, he's on the soccer team or 
she's on the basketball team or he sings in the corral or she's an RA but she's a brother he's or she she's a sister he's a brother who struggles who's like me in that they fail and fall that's how we need to look at each other that's really loving Later on in the book, in chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, a song you've all sung as kids, right? I won't sing it for you. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love God, whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. In the Amplified Bible, it says, does not know God... It says, does not know and never did know God. If you don't love, you gotta, you got to seriously look at your heart. you, you got to seriously look at whether you really know God and love God if you don't love others. If you want to know if your love for God is real, if you have that heart, soul, mind, that perfume pouring kind of love that we're called to love God with? If you want to know if you really have that, check out how your relationship with your roommate is. Do you really seek to meet people's needs? Do you really love others? Because if you love others in the way that God has called us, and you love God. They're connected. They go hand in hand. The bottom line comes in, in chapter 4, verse 20 and 21. It says this. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he's a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And He has given us this command, whoever loves God must also love his brother. I don't have to be John MacArthur to understand what that's saying. I mean, there's no deep hidden, hidden meaning in that text. We don't have to diagram the Greek sentence to figure out what that's saying to us. It says, whoever loves God must also love his brother. It's that simple, yet it's that hard. If you don't love each other, you don't really love God. And maybe some of you can think, uh, you know, well, Mark, I remember the time when you did this or when you didn't do this. That wasn't showing love to me, and you're right. I fail. I don't stand up here as an authority. I don't stand up here having mastered the art of love. I sit with you, struggling wanting to understand how this really happens in my life. Wanting to be a man who loves God. Wanting to be a man who loves people. Because that's the two greatest commandments. I mean, how can you overlook that? That's our foundation. And yet, we let it crack. And it begins to crumble while we're so busy with cutesy little things. With the higher things of Christian life when we've neglected the foundation of love. 
You know what I believe? That before God can really use this school and use each one of us in a mighty, shaking way, we've got to learn how to really love each other. A love that is honest, sincere, open, transparent. And then we can say, like if Mandy sung, I'm sincerely yours, God. I am sincerely yours. Everything I have, everything that is inside of me, my heart, my soul, and my mind, I sign to you. Because I love you. And I'm compelled to love you. And to love others. You know, they ask him, like we would probably ask if it hadn't already been answered to us, Lord, what's the greatest thing? What's the one thing you want me to know in my Christian life? And he answers them, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. The two most important things, you guys. There is nothing more important. It came from the very mouth of Jesus, whom we look to as we walk down that narrow road. Who we look to as our example of how to live. This is what He told us and called us to. And this morning, I just want you to look at your own heart. Look at your own life. And honestly ask yourself. Don't, don't just rattle off the easy answer. Honestly ask yourself about your motives, about your desires. About what's your motive for serving. What's your motive for wanting to be on WOW staff? Or be an RA? Or be on the soccer team? What's your motive for doing those things? Is it because you love God and you want to use this as an opportunity to serve Him, to love others? Is that your motive? Is that, is that your desire? Is that an all-consuming, perfume-pouring love? The root is loving God. The result is loving people, is loving others. You fail, I fail. Let's learn together how to love, how to really love. You know, if you see me doing, neglecting someone's need when you know that I can meet it, get in my face. Call me on that. We've got to be doing that with one another. That's love. Love is not indifference. Well, you can pretend, you can pretend I didn't really hear that need, and if I didn't really hear it, then I can't really help meet it. What needs can you meet? It's that simple, yet it's that hard. And I'm sure right now as you sit there, you can think of situations, relationships, that you need to fix. That you need to ask forgiveness for. That you need to go to that person and say, I love you and I have not been acting like I love you. I've just been doing that which is comfortable. That which is easy to do. And from this day forward, I want to really sacrificially love. I don't want to cry out, what a waste! Why'd you break that perfume? You could have sold that. You could have done so much more with that. But rather, I want to break that bottle of perfume that costs everything. 
at the feet of Jesus with an all-consuming love for Him. We can't let our foundation crumble, you guys. I'm so excited about being here at this school. And I hope you guys are. It's such a privilege. We can't let our foundation crumble. We've got to be committed to loving each other. Don't give up. And don't allow yourself to be given to indifference. Don't let indifference rise up in your heart. Let's be a people, a school, a family that loves the way that God has told us we're to love. Father, you know how I fail. You know how I fail to love people the way that you called me to love. You know that I fail to love you the way that you called me to love you with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind. And Father, I, I pray that you would that you would make me a man who loves you. It, it consumes me to love you that I have love that is willing to sacrifice, that I'm not content to just give you something that costs me nothing. Lord, thank you that we can love because you first loved us. We recognize that and we acknowledge that. And we thank you for loving us. A love that is, that is just beyond what we can imagine. A love that has no limits or bounds. Give us that kind of love to people, to each other. Make us a school who loves one another, who breaks down barriers and walls and takes down those, those masks and that which covers up and is, and is willing to really love and to be loved. Lord, I just pray that this morning your word would have gone out clearly and you would just have received glory and honor. And we just pray also that you would just go with us this weekend and that we could have a great time of fellowship together, loving one another. Thank you that we can have fun as a school, that we can have fun with each other and love each other as we do that. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You guys are dismissed. <laughs>